good morning, New Season Church. It's not that easy to make a quick transition. However, however, it's good to be here. It's good to be in this uh, first Sunday of December. It's good to see you this morning, and uh, just glad that you're here. I'm always grateful to have the opportunity to bring the Word of God, and Pastor will be back next week. I don't know, uh, he's out of the country right now. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see the pictures that he's been posting. How many of you have been able to see the pictures he's been to- posting about his trip to Israel? Aren't those great? So three, three of them came in this morning, and what I like to do is I like to copy them and save them onto my phone. So I've got a category now, Pastor Vine's Israel trip, and about 15 pictures so far. And I remember uh, one of the days that, uh, that he was uh, – uh, live, you know, a uh, little video that he made. He said that uh, get New Seasons Church, get ready for to join me for a trip in 2018 to go to Israel. And as soon as he said that, I said, Lord, Lord willing, I'm going. I'm going. I want to see the Holy Land. I want to walk where Jesus, Jesus walked and experience what he's experiencing. This morning, I remember it was quite early, and he showed a picture of uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. Did you see that? Did you see that? You gotta, you gotta check it on Facebook. He he has a picture of of a tree in the Garden of Gethsemane, and this thing is an olive tree, all twisted, and just a huge round trunk, and it's all twisted and everything. And he said, "I just prayed at this tree. It could have been the very spot where our Lord Jesus was on the night that he was betrayed." So what an experience he's able to have to be in, in the, uh, the Holy Land. But I understand, as I had friends years ago go to Israel, we call it the Holy Land, but they said, you know, Mike, when I, got, when I went over there, I realized it's a very unholy land. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, unrest, a lot of conflict, a lot of things going on in Israel today. And God's word tells us, pr- pray for the what? Peace of Israel. Amen? Pray for the peace of Israel. So today we want to continue our, with our series, God Owns It All. Would you say that with me? God owns it all. And when we talk about God owning it all, we know that it's not just about our money. It's not just about our finances. It's about every area of our lives because we were bought with the precious price. Amen? We were, brought, we were bought with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. I love what First Peter says, not with silver or gold, meaning you know, if you won the lottery, okay, if it was the lottery was five hundred billion, and you won that, Christ's death and His sacrifice purchasing our salvation is more valuable than that five hundred billion dollars. And so, thank God, thank God that we have His everlasting salvation that He purchased for us. And last week we looked at a very important verse because we belong to Jesus Christ in Philippians 4.19. I hope you have it memorized, but if you don't, let's rehearse it. And my God, what, shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by whom? By Christ Jesus. Do you have that verse memorized? I hope you do. Let's say it again. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And we looked at, we observed from that text in Philippians 4.19, beloved, that that promise is based on how we handle our giving to the Lord. It, just a reminder, the whole setting here is that the Philippians were a very generous church. They didn't have a lot, but they gave beyond their ability to give. They gave to the financial need for the Jerusalem church and they also gave to the Apostle Paul's support. Because if you look at it in a in, uh, couple of verses here in Philippians, we're just doing some review here. In Philippians 4.10, notice what it says. It says, the Apostle Paul says what? But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last, your what? Your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. In verse 14, notice what he says. Nevertheless, you have done what? Well, that you shared in my distress, in my need. So it's clear that the apostle is thanking the Philippian believers, the Philippian church, 
for their care of him in his need. And then look at Philippians 4.15. I love this because he says, Now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, and Macedonia was a province, an area of churches, and the Philippian Philippi was one of those provinces where, where the church was. He says, No church shared with me concerning what? Giving and receiving, but what? You only. Then notice what he says in the next, next verse for, or, or next uh, sentence. For even in Thessalonica, uh, even in Thessalonica, I can't say it, Thessalonica, it's early morning, Thessalonica, you sent aid, what does he say, again and again for my needs. So here is a clear example, beloved, a clear example of how the Philippians were committed to take care of the Apostle Paul's needs. And these scriptures describe an important principle about giving that I don't want you to miss is that God wants me to bless others. Say that with me. God wants me to bless others. Say to your neighbor, if you're sitting next to someone, say to the one you're sitting next to, God wants me, turn to them and say, God wants me to bless others. In other words, let's, let's put it in perspective. God wants my giving to include blessing his minister of the gospel. So what we're talking about this morning, and I want to speak on today from God's word, is ministerial support. Ministerial support. And in doing so, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Mighty God, we are thankful that your word is so clear. We're thankful, God, in a world of mine, 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 mine. We know, Lord, that you own it all. And we know that you bought us with a, a precious price that no money could ever ever equal to. And God, we thank you that because you own it all, you teach us in your word to be generous givers. You teach us in your word to be grace givers. You teach us in your word to not be tight-fisted with the finances, Lord. They're not our finances, they're yours. And you have called us to be managers of the resources that you supply us with, little or much, God, because we know that you are the supplier. And so we pray today as we open your word, God, that you would just speak to your people, Lord, that you would give us the instruction from your truth in these things that maybe we it's hard to hear. Maybe there needs to be some changes today, God. I know that you challenged my wife and I years ago about this area of ministerial support. So, Father, I pray that you would just be present in every way, hide your servant behind a cro the cross, so that nothing that is said from, from my lips, Lord, that would be of my own choosing or opinions, but all from your word, God. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just fill this place, just reign in our lives for the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave, though he was so rich, he became poor for our sakes. We pray this in all your honor and glory, that you would challenge, that you would convict, and you would change us by your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. So the main text I want to bring out today in this message is, is uh, Galatians chapter 6. That's the main text. Look at this. Galatians 6, I invite you to open your Bibles to that text, even though it's going to be on the screen. But in, in every time that we, we meet together as a family and meet together to listen to God's word, I hope you bring your Bible to church. I really do. I hope you bring your Bible to church. Some, some Christians nowadays, and I've even noticed it with with, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, churches that our kids go to and so on. People don't bring their Bible to church. They depend on what's on the screen. But even so, even though you see something on the screen, God may want to show you something as you're reading your word. You're reading the word. So we find in Galatians chapter 6, the text, he says what? And let me get over there here real quick. He says in Galatians um, 6, beginning with verse 6, he says, Let him who is taught what? Share in all good things with him who teaches. He says what? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Then he says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh, what? Reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit, notice, will of the spirit reap what? Everlasting life. Then Paul says, and let us not grow weary while what, beloved? While doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, notice he says, as we have opportunity, 
Let us do good. Now, who's he writing to? To Christians, to the church, exactly. He's not writing to the world. He's not writing to pagans. He's writing to believers in Jesus Christ. Let us do what? Good to all, especially to those who are what? Of the household of faith. Now, you may wonder, as I was uh, preparing for this message, you may wonder why pastor, our pastor and bishop, has chosen before God to live on faith, meaning to not receive a salary as, as our pastor from New Seasons Church. And I know that pastor is a man that strives to live by the word of God. We all know that. He is careful to follow scripture for his life and ministry. Uh, he, when, when he's in town and when he's here, he commits to preach God's word three times a Sunday, 8 o'clock service, 9 o'clock service, and uh, 11 o'clock service. And sometimes that Sunday happens to be where uh, he's scheduled to come at uh, 6.30 on Sunday night and preach to the New Seasons Maranatha Church. So our pastor is committed to preach the word of God and to make sure that you hear the word of God, not his opinion. And this scripture in Galatians is one that he's committed to follow and teach God's people to practice. I want you to know, beloved, this morning, this is just my heart to you, that I've given many messages in my years of being a senior pastor on giving. But I want to tell you, in those messages, none of them have ever included ministerial support. However, in, in study, I've learned that God teaches that his ministers are to be taken care of by his people. This is a subject that we, we, we shouldn't ignore. But I've never really had reason in other uh, uh, positions of ministry to bring it up because I've always been on salary. But we know that our pastor, what? Every time we, we have um, the offering time, we, we remind you of what? The pink envelope. That our pastor Vines has committed before God to live by faith. Right? And by faith, living by the generosity and the support of God's people through the pink envelope. And I believe that he practices that and he made a decision. I'm not sure, maybe a year ago or two years ago. I'm not sure when it took place. But God challenged his own life and his family in doing so because he, he's a man that's committed to teaching and preaching the scriptures of the word of God. And, and we find the reason for that is look at some examples of what God says. Let's go back to the Old Testament, for example. In Numbers 18.21, it says this. God says, I have given the children of Levi, that is the priests, priestly line, all the tithes, notice, in Israel as an inheritance in return for their what? For their work, which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting, meaning the, the work, the place of worship. The tabernacle, as you and I know, was a place of worship. And if you read chapter 18, which I did the other day, it's amazing where scripture after scripture in chapter 18, God gives instruction that the priests are to have a portion of the tithes and offerings that the, uh, that the Israelites were to be faithful to God with because it was to be the supply and the provision for God's ministers, for God's priests. And failure to, com to follow this command, by the way, was regarded as robbing God. We've seen the scripture before. Look at this next one. He says in Malachi 3, 8 and 10, Will a man rob God? Yet you say, yet you have robbed me. But you say, read it with me, in what way have we robbed you? Then he says, in what? In tithes and offerings. Then we find, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Let me ask you, where is the storehouse today? The church is the storehouse, exactly. That there may be what? Food in my house. Why? Because God wanted to make sure that his ministers had provision. Amen? God wanted to make sure that his priests were well taken care of. In fact, in, 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 in uh, this Numbers 18 chapter, God says, you will not, you will not, um, how do you put it? He says, you will not have any kind of, of ownership of land. You will not have any kind of ownership of property or crops. He says, you're not going to be like the Israelites that have the land and the, and the crops and, and, and all that stuff and the agriculture. God said, you will not have any of that because why? Listen to this. He says, I will be your inheritance. Isn't that awesome? 
God says, I will take care of you. When I read that, I thought it just jumped off the page, and I thought, wow, God, that's amazing that this, that this teaching is not just New Testament. This teaching is Old Testament. And then let's fast forward to the New Testament. When Jesus sent his disciples on their first outreach for the gospel, he told them, look at Matthew uh, chapter 10. He says what? Provide neither gold nor silver, meaning don't take any money nor copper, in your money belts. Why? Because he says for a worker, what? Is worthy of his food. In other words, a servant of God is worthy of being taken care of. Jesus, when he sent out the 12 disciples, he taught them this important lesson that don't take any provisions when you go out with the gospel because a worker is worthy of his food. If you find people to be generous, he said, welcome them. Sit down at the feast, you know. Ask them, uh, uh, you know, would you join us for dinner? Absolutely, absolutely, you know. Serve up the best food. But he said, if they don't receive you, remember what the Lord said? Shake the dust off their feet and move on. And then we find another example here in 1 Corinthians 9.14. The Apostle Paul says this. Even so, look at this, beloved. Read it with me. The Lord has commanded that those who what? Preach the gospel should what? Should live from the gospel. So with these clear examples, let's get back into our text. First of all, let's look at the clear instruction of this ministerial support. I trust you have notes today. There's not a whole lot to fill in, no blanks or anything, but just to follow along. It, the, the clear instruction of this ministerial support, here in Galatians, it's one of the clearest teachings on ministerial support in the Bible. Paul addresses not only the local church, which he's writing to, but all who are blessed by the ministry of the word of God. Have you ever gone to a Christian conference? Let me see your hands. Have you ever gone to a meeting of some kind, a Christian meeting or like a uh, marriage uh, enrichment seminar or, or a revival or, or a Christian conference or some kind, of a, some kind of a meeting where God's people, you know, I I I for encouragement and strength and, and whatever? Well, I've been to a lot of those kinds of meetings. And what I find is that, and maybe you do too, this is your experience, that one of those days of those meetings, they take an offering, right? It's offering time now. That's to be expected, right? Right? And, and I know it's not giving to my local church, New Seasons Church. But I know it's an opportunity to bless the one who's bringing the word of God. I know it's an opportunity to bless the one who is, is uh, God has, has given uh, the responsibility but the privilege of teaching in the, in the conference or whatever it is. It's to be expected, right, to have an offering time. And so what this shows, I believe, beloved, is the value of teaching God's word. That those, listen, those who serve up the spiritual food. How many of you had breakfast this morning? Okay, a few of you. Well, okay, I will say there are probably donuts afterwards or, or coffee. I don't know. We, we are blessed. There's, there's, a, there's a servant here in our church. Uh, she's sitting in the back. Don't want to ma mention her name, but thank you, Tammy. All right. No, just kidding. That sets up the table and puts out the coffee and puts out the donuts for your, for your pleasure, for your enjoyment, in case you don't have breakfast. My wife and I went to uh, a breakfast yesterday morning at the uh, omelet factory. We live in Santee, and it just opened up about four or five months ago. And this is the second time we ate there. And I don't know if you've ever eaten at an omelet factory, but when you order an omelet, and Jan, you're shaking your head. Have you eaten in the omelet factory? That portion is humongous. In fact, I told Jeannie, and she ordered her own breakfast. I said, next time we split it because it was too much for Pastor Mike to eat. So I was able to take some home. Well, guess what I had for breakfast this morning? The rest of omelet factory's omelet. Okay? And so that was a good breakfast. And, and I needed that for, you know, for, for nourishment and, 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 and that kind of a thing. Well, here's the thing. I know... I know that every time a minister of the gospel, Pastor Bynes or one of our ministers or pastors in our church, prepare to bring the word of God, we are responsible and accountable before God to prepare the spiritual food. Am I right, Minister Armando? Uh, minister Omar? 
I did it again. Every time. It's like a regular, brother. I'm so sorry. Minister Omar, I know your name. It's just a standing joke anymore, and I'm sorry. Minister Omar, love you, brother. But you've been here. You brought the word of God. You did, we don't just throw it together on Saturday night, do we? No, because it's important spiritual food for God's people. And so those who serve up the spiritual food on Sunday morning need to be bringing what? The truth of God's word. You wouldn't want to come here and have the guy, the, 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 the preacher in the pulpit, give his own opinion of what, what he thinks, would you? Come on, you're not going to grow that way, are you? You're not going to be challenged and convicted and changed by the word of God, are you? If all you get is, is well, let me, let me give you a bunch of stories. I found some things on the Internet that was pretty cool. Let me share those. What would you think? You know, our pastor takes the word of God very seriously. And by the way, that wouldn't happen at New Seasons Pulpit anyway. Because he doesn't let anyone preach. He doesn't want anyone to, to he doesn't let anyone stand in the pulpit Spring Valley or here in at El Cajon or other New Seasons churches without making sure that that preacher is bringing the word of God. Amen? Because it is important, beloved, that you grow and you are challenged and we are convicted and we're changed only by the truth of God's word. So it's not just our opinions and our ideas. And beloved, let me tell you, I don't know if you've been on the TV and you've watched TV preachers or if you, but there's a lot of fluff out there. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's huge, huge churches all over the country where the preacher stands and I don't want to give a name, and I'm not going to, but talks about his book instead of the word of God. And what slays me, well, it doesn't slay me, but what burdens me, let me put it that way, is they'll stand and hold up the word of God and say, this is God's word. I live by what it says, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera and then puts it down and tells a joke and goes to some opinion. That's not preaching, is it? So it's important that the sermon is only valuable if it is the word of God. I Look at this cool quote. It says what? In a world of sinful hearts, our only what, beloved? Hope is to hear God's message. Do you agree? Our only hope is to hear God's message. I talk to people more and more and more about how they're feeling hopelessness. Hopelessness today. Hopelessness in our world. Hopelessness in our country. What's going to happen? All kinds of unrest. The only hope we have is to hear from God when we meet together or when you open your own Bible and when you hear from the Lord in a personal way, devotions. Jesus was always challenging his disciples to say what? Be careful what you hear. Heed what you hear. And he say, be careful or heed how you hear it. Someone said, when, whenever there is true recognition, next slide, I believe. Whenever there is true, notice, recognition of the ministry of the word, there is also what? The responsibility not only to attend that ministry, but read the next phrase, but to support it. So important. So we find in this text in Galatians, he says, next, he says what? Let him who is taught the word, what? What does it say, beloved? Share in all good things, which brings us to the compensation for the ministers of the word. From the beginning of the apostles' instruction, as they instructed the church that their main calling, main ministry was to teach the word of God to the people. Look at this example in Acts 2. This is the best example we have of this. In Acts chapter 2, the church was meeting. It was a new fledgling uh, church. Uh, the, the Acts 2 tells us that, that, that the Lord was adding to the church thousands of, can you imagine, 3,000 souls, uh, 3,000 people saved in one day. And the size of the church, and because the size of the church grew, like exploded in growth, there was a need for people to be taken care of. And, and so, the, uh, you know, certain people of the church went to the apostles and said, hey, we, we need you to take care of the tables. We need you to take care of the, the needs of the people and serve the food and all that. But notice what they said. It is not desirable that we should what? Leave the word of God and serve tables. 
but we will give ourselves, what does it say? Continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Peter and the apostles recognized that that's what was God's calling. And, and God's ministry, you see, was dependent on the support of those who appreciated and were blessed by their ministry. So Paul in Galatians is real specific about this matter of support. He says what? Share in all good things. By the way, that phrase good things, guess what it means? It means worldly wealth. It means worldly wealth. It doesn't mean pennies. It doesn't mean quarters. It doesn't mean a dollar here, a dollar there. It means I it's a word that is used of rich people. The 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 uh, the um, apostle, not no, the Luke Luke the disciple, okay, uses it in his gospel to describe the rich farmer who pulls down his old worn out barns to build newer and bigger uh, barns to have room to, s to store his crops. See, here's here's the point of this. God never intends, listen, for his servants to live on beggar land. Did you get that? God never intends for his servants to live on beggar land. Because some churches that I knew felt that the pastor should live on little salary and do what they can to support his family. I mean, I remember when I was full-time senior pastor in another place and time in my life. And some would say to me, well, Pastor Mike, you only work on Sunday. You must go golfing the rest of the week. And I wanted to say to him, why don't you put on your tennis shoes and come walk with me during my week? I'll go to your job and see what you do, which I did. I like to do that. But why don't you put on your tennis shoes or your shoes and walk with me during my week and see what I do? And honestly, that made me sad, but it also made me frustrated when they'd say, you only work on Sundays. You know, just kind of, you only work on Sundays. And because of that, honestly, and, you know, and, and I, I, I didn't live on faith. I received a salary. But some people in the churches that I was part of felt that, you know, uh, you should have enough by what we're giving you, you know. So, and, and some people felt like I was receiving too much. My, our, our children were growing up. Our children were young, you know, and, and as they grew and they got older, and Eleazar understands he's in track now. And he has needs, you know. He's got track uniform, and, and he's got vitamins, you know, to keep him running. And he's got expenses. And, and Minister Felipe and, and Francesca understand that as, a, as their son gets older, the money expense gets more, right? Right? As your kids get older, what happens? Your family needs get, get, get increased. And so, uh, you know, that was sad. Some people felt that, well, you know, I, w I was receiving too much. And, and honestly, beloved, there are many in the church who live on Broadway, sort of speak, but and they have much, and they think the pastor should live on Beggar Lane. And I hope that that isn't here in New Caesars Church. I really, really hope. You know, let me just say this. This is not an easy message for me to bring. I believe if Pastor Vines was here today and bringing this message, it wouldn't be easy for him. Because he's shared with us, he doesn't like to talk about money with God's people. But he wants to be obedient to the will of God. And I really hope that that attitude isn't here in New Caesars Church. Because I've seen that attitude in other churches. That, well, you know, you make too much. You make too much. Or, or we're giving you too much. Notice this. Notice this next slide, this other quote. Would you read it with me? Only as a man is relieved from the care of providing for his own livelihood can he give what? Time to prayer and meditation and study and his work of preaching and counseling. I've heard our beloved pastor say that if, if you know, and he does live on faith, he does trust God, through God's people to supply and provide for his needs and his family financially and so on. But I've, I remember him saying one time recently that he said, if I didn't receive the support I need, he said, I'd have to go out and get a job. I'd have to go out and get a second job. And if I did that, then I, then I have to divide my time. I'm not available to counsel. 
I'm not available to, to study as diligently as I, as I want to. I'm not available for you. Because New Season Church, I can tell you this with, without any reservation. Our pastor loves you. Amen? He loves God's people at New Season Church. And he has told me, Pastor Michael, as congregation care pastor, make sure that you, you, that you treat and that you care for God's people because God has entrusted to us a huge, huge responsibility in caring for God's people. And so, so that, 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 this quote here is so, so important is that only as we can free up our pastor to do what God's called him to do, can he, does he have the time to be able to do it? Someone said a minister has the right to expect a standard of living commensurate with his high and holy calling. Notice high and holy calling. Amen? So this leads me to the next thing about our text. Let's look at it. Number three, it says, the cause what? An effect of ministerial support. Paul says in the next verse in our text in Galatians, he says what? Do not, read it with me, be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. We have seen this verse before. If you give it some thought, notice, you may realize God is serious right here. You pick that up? God is pretty serious. And it's getting pretty quiet in the house. Mock, listen, means snubbed. Mock means to turn up your nose at God. I can tell you, I can tell you, you don't ever want to turn up your nose at God. I can tell you, God loves his kids. But I can tell you, you never want to turn up your nose at God. Because you turn up your nose at God. He may not get you then, but there's a reckoning day coming. Seriously. Because God disciplines his kids, right? And even though, and we've got family that are walking in total disobedience to the Lord. And each time I pray for them, I think, yeah, they think they got freedom now, but one of the days God's going to just pull in the rope. Going to pull in the line, just like a fishing line. Hook them and pull them right in. God knows how to clean his own fish, beloved. And so you don't snub your nose at God. And Paul writes this to a church that was really, if you know the, the, the background of Galatians, they were really getting off theologically. They were believing all kinds of weird stuff. And God is not mocked. So, and, and this is a principle of how life works. Whatever we sow, we'll reap. If you sow criticism, you're going to get what? If we sow unkindness, how are we going to be treated? That's right. If you sow dishonesty, what are people going to think of you? You're not gonna, they're not going to trust you, right? If you, sow, if you sow grace to people, what are you going to get in return? Grace. If you sow kindness, you know, it's a principle of life. And back to remembering that the apostle's instruction is about giving to support the man of God. As he says, whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, this is pretty cool. I want to just read this because I found this in, in some study. It says, each sower, listen, decides what his harvest will be. Did you get that? Each sower will decide what his harvest will be. If a person sows to please his sinful nature, that is, if he spends his money to indulge the flesh, he will reap a harvest that will fade into oblivion. On the other hand, if he uses his funds to support the Lord's work or sows to please the Spirit of God and promotes his own spiritual growth, he will reap a harvest that will last forever. I like that. We, we talked last week about tight-fisted, didn't we? Tight-fisted, being tight-fisted. God wants us to live with what? Remember? An open hand. Say it to you. Say it to, to uh, look, 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 um, you know what I'm saying. Look to the person next to you or by you and say, God wants it, me to live. God wants you to live with what? With an open hand. An open hand. Because if we live to keep our fists tight when it comes to giving, guess what? God can't, you know it, God can't put in what he wants to put in. 
So he challenges us and reminds us to live with an open hand because God, remember, owns it what? God owns it all. And he can put in what he wants to put in, and he can take out what he wants to put to take out. And so that's why every Sunday that you and I meet together as God's people to worship the Lord, when it comes to offering time, we mention these two envelopes. The white envelope is to support the needs of New Seasons Church, is to give to the needs of the New Seasons Church, because honestly, it takes God's money to do God's work. We're not asking El Cajon to support New Seasons Church. We're not asking the city of San Diego to give to New Seasons Church, although all the food that we do and the block party and so on comes from donations of different sources. Amen? But it's from God's people. And then the pink envelope, as you know, is to support our pastor. It's for uh, pastoral support. And let me say this. Some of you, if I can be honest with you, and I don't know, I don't know what you give, I don't want to know, but some of you maybe have never put anything in the pink envelope for pastor support. And I can tell you that following this teaching from God's word on support for our pastor, God will bless. You may not be able to put in the envelope a lot, but it's like sowing the seed. You see, if you keep at it, um, for example, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, this is so great. We have to look at it in our Bibles because I didn't have it on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Here, here's such a great principle. Um, <laughs> in fact, Paul repeats um, in 2 Corinthians 9, beginning with verse 6, what he wrote to the Galatians. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give, verse 7, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what a cheerful giver. Now notice verse 8. And God is what, beloved? Able to what? Make all grace abound toward you, keep reading, that you always having what? All sufficiency in all things. You notice how Paul loves the word all? <laughs> he loves that word. All, all grace, all uh, sufficiency. Um, all things may have what? An abundance for what? For every good work, i.e., the ministerial support. Giving to the support of the man of God, the shepherd of the house, the angel of the house of New Seasons Church. And so I just want to challenge you. If you've never put in the pink envelope, start today. And make a commitment to God. In fact, ask God to increase it. Lord, I, I can't do much now, but I hold it up in faith that you will increase so that I can give my pastor more. Can God do it, beloved? Doesn't the Bible say God is able, more than able, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power? Doesn't the word of God say that? And so I want to challenge you today about this pink envelope. Because here's the thing. I want to show you a few things here. I have all right, I have a few things here to bring to the table. All right. I've heard people say, well, you know what, Pastor Mike? I, I'm, I'm just kind of doing my tithe, but I, I can't afford to add pastor support. I can't afford to do that because... I just give my tithe, and I try to be obedient to the Lord in that way, but I can't afford. Well, um, I have here a Starbucks cup. How much do you think that cup costs? Now, I don't do Starbucks, so I don't know. Well, full, full, Deacon John. <laughs> Look, at, it's, it's holiday. It's holiday style. Four bucks. In fact, I read Starbucks went up. That's a $7 cup. If you do Starbucks three times a week, how much is that? If you do Starbucks every morning, how much is that? Think about it. 
Now I know this may not apply so much because we're, we don't have a lot of kids, but there's a little one back there. There's, there's a mom and there's a daughter and, and so on. And so I just happen to have McD Happy Meals. You don't go to McDonald's? Okay. And, and Burger King doesn't do Happy Meals. But some families, some families do Happy Meals. Mommy and daddy go through the drive-thru and they have a van full of kids and they s the kids say, I want a Happy Meal. And I checked it out. A Happy Meal with tax is probably about four bucks. Not worth it to me, but <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying. But if you got four kids in the car, how much is that? Huh? $16 on top of your, your meals plus tax, which is probably about 10 bucks a piece. So that's 20, 20, 16 is 36. You've just spent $36. Starbucks, Happy Meal, and then you say, Dear God, I can't afford to give to pastor. Can't afford to give to pastor. Or, or in Brother Tracy, I'll, I'll, you know, recognize him because it was his idea. Or we come to the offering plate, and what'd you say, brother? It's like a wishing well. You put in little, little, you know, chunk change or something, and it's like a wishing well. Well, I'll put in a little bit, and I wish, I wish. I wish, God, you'd bless me. Does this make any sense? I think it does. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Now, God isn't saying, don't go to Starbucks. God isn't saying, don't go to McDonald's. Although I don't like McDonald's, I'll just tell you that. If you ever take me out to lunch, please don't do McDonald's. <laughs> I'll, go <laughs> I'll go Burger King and I'll go Wendy's, but please don't do McDonald's. <laughs> anyway, you get the point. If you spend it here and then you come to Sunday, and we know, too, that in our giving, we need, to, we need to set it aside, right? We need to put it aside and, and come prepared, right? And so if it's spent here, then what are you saying? My tummy, my, my coffee is more important than my pastor. And beloved, between you and me, it's not right. It's not right. So if, if you need to change this, please do so. Because God is more than able. Amen? Come on, say it. God you is more than able to supply. And God is clear, I believe, in this instruction that we're looking at today. That God wants to make sure that his, his servant of this house is taken care of. The word of God says, look at this in James. This is so clear. He says what? Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves out of James. Then notice what James says in the next verse. The one who looks into the perfect law of liberty, meaning the word of God, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of it. Notice, and I emphasize this in red because this is so good. This one, notice, shall be what? Blessed in what he does. That's God's word. God is speaking to you and me, and he says, if you do my word and you trust me and you follow through and you don't forget what I just said to you today through the preacher, you shall be blessed in what you do. Because God is more than able to bless our socks off. Amen? Yes, he is. So apply this past to, to this uh, um, James scripture to pastor support. For he who sows to the flesh, going back to our text, will of the flesh reap corruption. If we put our monies into selfish things, um, we don't tithe, we don't give pastoral support, we give maybe now and then, what happens? We forfeit God's blessing. But it also says, I don't want to leave on the negative because Paul brings the positive in. He says, but he who sows to the what, beloved? Spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now, when Paul talks about everlasting life, he's not just talking about being saved from our sins. It, 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 everlasting life is a, a life of joy and blessing in relationship to God. Amen? Do you have everlasting life right now? I do. 
If you know Jesus, you have everlasting life. It's not something that we get when we take our last breath and we end up in a, in a, in a uh, uh, memorial service or home going. Everlasting life is a relationship with God, and it's a life that's in alignment with God and therefore has God's power and provision and blessing. So just as God loves a cheerful giver, I want to wrap this up today. Just as God loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, God, guess what, rewards a cheerful giver. See, cheerful giver could be understood as not just happy when you give, listen, but joyful that you're doing what the word of God says to do because God rewards a cheerful giver. I found this in my study, and I want to read it. God loves generosity. It says God prizes not the size of the gift, listen, but the giver's sincerity, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, but joyful willness, uh, will, 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 not will, willingness, joyful willingness. Check out this in Proverbs. Look at this Proverbs. This is so cool. Would you read it with me? There's one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more that is right, but it leads to what? Poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who what? Withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Right out of Proverbs. If we, if we give to generosity, it says it leads to what? It leads to being watered. It leads to blessing. But if you hold out, it leads to what? leads to poverty. I think it's so clear. So let's move into the last part of this message, the compensation for the ministerial support. The compensation for the ministerial support. Because looking at the rewards God gives, okay, Romans 2, 6 through 7, I want you to see this, says this. God will what? Render to each one according to his deeds. Now, if you read that, the context of this in Romans chapter 2, God's talking about an accounting that, we're that, 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 uh, that every person is going to have before God. It's like this. God is the greatest accountant, and he keeps perfect books. <laughs> and, and we're going to have give an accounting before the Lord someday. You know, beloved, as Christians, we don't like to talk about that. But, but there will be a day where when we see Jesus, we will stand before the Lord and he will evaluate how we lived our lives, i.e. the judgment seat of Christ. Check it out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so it's important to, to realize that it, it, it makes a difference in how we live. So, the, so the, one of the rewards that God gives, next slide, is it adds to our what? Spiritual capital. It adds to our spiritual capital. God will render to each one according to his deeds. So what we are doing in this life will matter, as I said, when we see Jesus. God will render or reward each one of us according to how we've lived. Now, many times we've heard this, and this is my heart's desire and ambition and keeps me in line with how I live. I want the Lord Jesus, when I see him, to say, Mike, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done well. You know, God knows I got issues. God knows I got selfish things. God knows I, you know, if I dream and if I, my wife asked me for the Christmas list, it'd be one through 20. Not really. But God knows my heart, right? But God knows I want to hear the Lord say, you did well. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Isn't that your heart? Is that your ambition? Is that what you want to live for? Because, beloved, we know, we know that there's an eternity with the Lord, and this life isn't all that there is. And we get so caught up sometimes in the society and the things and the advertising and all that, that, that it's all about here. It's all about stuff. It's all about our comfort. And it's not. And so the thing is, not only not only is there their uh, uh, spiritual capital that we're building, but here's another reward is read it with me. It carries on the cause of the gospel of Jesus. Notice nothing is more worthwhile than seeing what 
the gospel go forward to reach around the world. Pastor has shared with us his vision to see many new season churches. I love that, that, that his dream is to plant a new season church in Jordan, the country of Jordan. He's a man with vision and dreams for the gospel to save and change lives. And here's the thing. When you and I give to support, we partner with him in that ambition. It's not just him alone. How many times have you said, you've heard our pastor say, is I can't do all that God has called me to do by myself. Have you heard him say that? How many times have you heard him say, I need you? Have you heard him say that? Exactly. He's inviting us to get involved. And what great plans that God has for New Season Church in the future of amazing things God wants to do in, in people's lives through New Season Church is a partnership. Every time a person gets saved at New Season Church as we, we witness and celebrate a baptism, guess what? We're all in it together. Amen? And we can celebrate it together. So our giving is to support, our giving rather enables him to lead, to set the pace, to pray, to study and seek God's God for New Season Church. In the text, the Apostle Paul adds, let us, let's look at this. Let us not grow, what? Weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not, what? Lose heart. Don't give up. Sometimes it may be a struggle. Sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes it's just not there. Sometimes God's testing. But stay on. That's what God's teaching me and my wife. Therefore, as we have opportunity, he says, let us do good to all, especially to those of the what? Of the household of faith. So this is a matter from God's word that we don't often hear preached about. Someone said, and, and, and still less practiced in the pew. But we cannot ignore or rationalize this teaching away if we're going to be men and women following Christ. Amen? So you can't, here, here's the thing. You can't outgive the Lord. You can out, out, outgive God. And what we've seen from his word today is for, for, uh, for some of you calls for a change. Instead of buying that Starbucks coffee or that McDonald's Happy Meal, set it aside to give to pastor's support. Amen? Now what I'd like to do in conclusion of this message, is I ask our um, wonderful and man that I respect and I honor and appreciate, Deacon DeMarvin. He's going to come and share with us what God is teaching him and his wife about giving to pastor support. Deacon DeMarvin, would you come, brother?